You're listening to episode 28 of the Kin Podcast. First and foremost, I must apologize for the fact that this episode is coming today and not last week. Sunday of last week, I was hit with a nasty virus. So unforgiving that I was in bed all of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Couldn't get out of bed if I tried. And recording the podcast, first of all, I always sounded like crap, but also... I couldn't even think straight. I couldn't, I was miserable. And so I just decided this week I'm putting out two episodes instead of one. This one will make up for last week. And then this week's regular episode will come on Thursday or Friday of this week. So uh, first of all, I apologize for that. And I am feeling much better. And I'm so happy, so happy to be feeling normal again. I can't tell you how grateful I am for my health right now. And I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be recording again. That being said, today's episode is kind of exciting because it's something that I've been practicing for a few years now, something that I continue to get better at over time, and I'm excited to talk about it, and it's minimalism. Now, I know you might think that, you know, minimalism is a trend, that it's all over Netflix, as we'll talk about soon enough, that it's all over, you know, bookstores and people are talking about minimalism left and right and you know everybody's a minimalist these days but the truth is that I find that that's not true at all most people are still what I would call maximalists people are still hitting that Nordstrom sale like cray people are still shopping like crazy and accumulating stuff all over the place and I'm kind of the outlier at least with the people that I surround myself with and people that I meet in my day-to-day. So I thought, you know what, even if it's still on Netflix everywhere, I think it's worth talking about. I'm going to talk about minimalism. I'll give you a short, brief intro to what it is and how I learned about it. But most importantly, I want to talk about what it means to me. I want to talk about minimalism in my life. Because I'm not super, you know, devoted to the minimalism train of thought. Like... I don't think you can do minimalism perfectly or imperfectly, but I'm not like all in. You know what I mean? Like there's still clutter around my house, but minimalism has really changed me and for the better. And not only that, but it's strangely helped me in my spiritual life and kind of brought me closer to God and kind of understand some spiritual concepts more deeply because of minimalism. Isn't that crazy? I never thought that would happen, but it's true. So I want to talk about it. And hopefully it'll help you in some way. I don't expect you to give away all your things tomorrow, but maybe it'll give you a few things to ask yourself, a few questions that you can start mulling over and see if there are any changes that you want to make in your life. I can't give you the answers, but I can tell you my story. And that's kind of my mantra here, right? So what do you say? Let's do this. You're listening to The Kin Show where we explore the intricacies of the human heart, faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more, celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love, in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin, kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. 
speaker, writer, photographer, your host Marcella Chamorro, shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Chamorro. All right, so today we're going to talk about minimalism, right? And it's a trendy word. It's like a buzzword. And I think what people think it means is not actually what it truly is. People think it means you have to, you know, if you're a minimalist, you give away all of your possessions. You live in a house that's all white with like no decor, nothing on the tables. And you have like five shirts and three pairs of pants that you wear over and over again. Two pairs of shoes, maybe a backpack, right? That can be minimalism, right? But it doesn't have to be minimalism, Minimalism can be done a whole bunch of different ways. And like I said before, I don't think there's just any way to be perfect at minimalism or imperfect at it. You know, it's like a journey. Minimalism, I, as I see it, is like a journey. Just you're always on it once you decide that you like it and that you want to try. And you just continue on that path to whatever place makes you feel best, you know. But for those who don't know what minimalism is... What is it? What is it other than giving away your things and having like no things in your house? What it truly is, is kind of, it's more clarity. Clarity on what adds value to your life and what detracts value from your life. That applies to physical goods, material goods, but also other things, people, emotions, experiences, everything. What adds value to your life and what detracts value from your life? It's basically a question. Minimalism could be interpreted as a question that you are constantly asking yourself. It's about focusing on what really matters. What really matters in my life? And then you can consider whether or not you want to let go of the rest. Because, you know, having lots of stuff, which is what minimalism usually means to people, it's perceived as material goods, right? Minimalism as, as it pertains to physical material goods. When you think about it, having a lot of stuff means you have a lot of stuff to maintain. You have to care for those things. You have to spend time putting them all in the right place. And then when they get out of place, putting them back in the right place. You have to keep track of your things. You have to keep them clean. You have to keep them, all these kind of things. Like I can't tell you how much time JJ spends taking care of our house. He's always dealing either with the washer or with the gate or with, you know, the electric fence because we live in Nicaragua and that's like a thing here. You know, um, there's always something happening that needs your attention in the physical space. The more things you have, the more things need your attention all the time, right? So that is minimalism when it comes to like physical material goods, right? And it's not a new thing. You know, it's been around forever, right? I mean, you even, when you think about it like hermits, that you think about hermits living in like some little shack somewhere. Think about, you know, the book Walden, 
and how that was written by Henry David Thoreau about, you know, he started writing about minimalism and not needing many things and not needing many people, all this stuff. It's nothing new. And if you think about it, we're lucky to have this problem. Like it is very much a first world problem to have too much stuff, right? The bigger the house you have, the more stuff you need to fill it, right? The more time you have, the more activities you need to fill it. And it's a very much a first world problem. There's many people in the world, billions and billions of people that don't have this problem of how do I pare down? How do I declutter? Because they don't have enough to begin with. They don't have excess, right? Now, I want to tell you a little bit about how I came to know about minimalism. How did I meet minimalism? The first time I heard about minimalism was when I met two guys who call themselves the minimalists. And they were giving a talk at a conference that I was attending in Fargo, North Dakota. And they were cool. They talked about giving up all their possessions and traveling the United States. And they're definitely the kind of minimalists who have like one pair of shoes and a backpack and three shirts, one pair of pants or something. <laughs> and um, sleep in a room with like no decor and maybe like a desk and a chair, you know, kind of a, like a retreat room is how I imagine their lives. And so they're hardcore. They were cool. Um, you probably know them from their super uber popular Netflix documentary. So if you go to Netflix and you pop in minimalism, they'll come up and they have a really good documentary and you'll see, you know, watch it. I recommend it. And that's the first time I heard about what minimalism was. And it's, you know, a very drastic version of it, though. They don't say that they definitely don't say that everybody has to be like them, but they live a very drastic version of minimalism. And then a few years later, I read Mary Kondo's book about decluttering, which is also now a Netflix thing. You know, the life-changing magic of tidying up is the name of the book. And she also has a Netflix show. Clearly, Netflix has a thing with minimalism. But the book, it taught me how to fold clothes better. Like, I, I have to say that, you know, she definitely has a good approach to decluttering and getting rid of stuff. But if there's one thing that I really love about that book is how she taught me to fold better. Because now I can see everything at once and I can see what I need and it's awesome. I used to have a workout clothes drawer where I couldn't find anything. I didn't know where my sports bras were, didn't know where the shorts were. I was looking for the purple one, can't find it, kind of just like rummaging around in there. And now... All of my workout clothes fits in one drawer when before it was in two. And I can see every single item from the top and everything's just easier to find. And it's also really fast in terms of, you know, putting everything away in the same kind of order. I'm really big fan of the Marie Kondo folding sensation. Seriously. But anyways, so those are two things that really got me into minimalism and learn about it. But it all kind of coincided with a different process that I was already on, which was discovering what I identified with as a person. You know, minimalism questions your identification with things. I was also in the process of identifying 
how I felt about myself in terms of other things, not just physical things. Like I identify as a mother. I identify as somebody who, I wouldn't say an athlete, but somebody who likes to exercise a lot. I identify as a tall person. I identify as Nicaraguan and American. I identify as somebody who is kind of a techie. So what do all of these words and labels that I describe myself as, how do they deal with my identity, right? How do they play a part in sometimes holding me back? So I was working on letting go of some of this stuff. And at the same time, you know, minimalism helped me deal with the physical goods aspect of my identity, right? So what do I hold on to? What do I aspire to have? Because of it, it builds up my identity in some way. So I started thinking to myself, why do I believe in brands? What is it about brands that calls to me? What are the brands that I love the most and why? Why do I care the tag that is on the outside of that handbag? Or why do I care about the swoosh sign on the outside of my shoes? And I started kind of digging deep about what is it that I think these things are saying about me or helping me, you know, to express myself. And what I realized with brands is that, first of all, a lot of the times they don't matter. Of course, they matter when it's made well, because I love the quality. <laughs> That's kind of what minimalism helped me to realize that quality of stuff is one thing. Quantity is another. And things like, you know, high profile luxury brands, they don't mean much to me because, yes, they are high quality, but they're not they don't sell things that I care about. I personally don't care about handbags. I personally don't care about shoes. That's probably because I'm a size 11 and I can't wear a lot of shoes that, you know, companies make for women. I'm also 5'10", so I don't wear high heels all that often. Um, I, I don't care about that stuff. And minimalism helped me to shed the identification with brands even further, you know, and understanding that my worth is not tied to what I have. Then I started thinking about the quantity of stuff that I have. I have so much excess, right? And I wanted to know, what does having so much, too much say about me? Does it make me feel safe in some way? And why? Why do I need, you know, I'm, I'm going to make this up but in my you know, top of my head, 10 pairs of jeans when I have three that are my favorites that I wear on rotation and the other seven get ignored. Why do I need that stuff? And to be honest, looking around my surroundings, right, it's really easy to declutter living in Nicaragua. It's really easy to deal with those questions living in Nicaragua because there are so many people that need so much and I have all this stuff that's, you know, quote unquote junk in my closet that I never wear. There's, things, there's shirts that are perfectly good quality, great pants, great shoes, but I never wear them. And someone else could make better use of these stuff, could make better use of these pants, these shirts, whatever, that I don't like wearing. Or this sweater that has gone untouched for six months. 
So many people in Nicaragua need so much. Who am I to hoard these things, these items, in the hopes that I might need them in some imaginary future when other people don't have enough clothes for today, for right now? And obviously, selfishly, it helps me a ton too. You know, minimalism makes it so that when I open my closet every morning and I'm getting ready to get dressed, I only see things that I like. I see things that I want to wear all the time. I see my favorite clothes instead of just a bunch of clothes that, ugh, I guess I could wear that. You know, it makes my everyday, and I, you know, I guess I shouldn't say this because it's like a Marie Kondo thing, but it's true. It makes my morning when I'm getting ready more full of joy. So I'm like, I really like my clothes. The clothes I do have, I really like it. And it gives me great satisfaction on a selfish note to be able to share what was in my closet that was being, you know, ignored. Give that to somebody who actually might need it. That gives me great satisfaction. I do the same for my children's clothes. I do it all the time. So let me explain to you a little bit about my process with minimalism and how I go about keeping my closet kind of decluttered or junk free or free of clothes that get ignored. What I do is I'll go through my closet and kind of and separate what I don't wear. I'll, it's very easy to pick out my favorite clothes and I'll put that to one side. I'm like, this stuff I love. Nobody touch it, please. Every time it's in the washer, I'm waiting for it to wear it again because I am like queen outfit repeater uh, and I have no problem with that. <laughs> Wearing new clothes constantly is not a thing for me. So, you know, it's very easy to choose what I love and then stuff that I also easy to choose stuff that I really ignore and that I don't really need that didn't really work for me for whatever reason. And I'll remove that and I'll put that in a different pile. But then there's the in-between stuff that it's like, I did wear that a few times. I'm not sure if I'm going to want to wear this again. And what I do with that is I'll put it, let's say, in, in the back of my closet for, or in a bag for like six months sometimes even less, like three months. And if I haven't thought about it, and if I've gotten by just fine without it, it's gone. And I will give that away as well. And like I said, here in Nicaragua, it's really easy to find people to give away things to. So, you know, my local parish, um, even people that work with me, people that I see on the street, like there's so many opportunities to give stuff away here. I even once gave like three bags of toys to a school, an impoverished school that Juan Jose, my, my eldest son, he's four, he's in PK4, and his PK4 class kind of coordinated to go do an activity in a, an impoverished school and play with the children there, and, um, you know, I took three bags of toys that my kids ignore, or that they have two of the same thing, like right now my kids have two identical Duke Kabooms from Toy Story 4 with the same motorcycle. Guess what? They don't play with both of them. There's another kid who could enjoy the extra one. And that's something that I have on my to-do list is to go and sit and go through their toys. And that is a constant battle because they constantly get little things from like birthday parties and whatever that they'll go to and they come back with a bag full of tiny little things that I hate. But... um it's definitely an uphill battle. It's a constant battle against stuff. My husband, on the other hand, is a hoarder. And so I try as much as possible to respect his process and not get in his things. But when it comes to my stuff, I'm definitely a minimalist. 
And when it comes to my kids and their, you know, their closet, their clothes, I am ruthless. If I, well, they're still at the age where I get to pick their clothes. Less so with Juan Jose lately, but in general, I can steer towards certain clothes. And if it's clothes that I hate, it's gone. And obviously, the cornerstone of minimalism is not adding new stuff all the time, right? I'm very careful with what I buy. I'm not perfect at it. I will be the first person to say that I'm not perfect at it. But being a minimalist means being careful with what you get and what you bring into your home, right? And it's also helped me shop less. Minimalism has saved me a ton of money because not only now do I not need that much stuff, I don't enjoy having a cluttered house. That means I don't need to buy all this kind of stuff all the time. I'm not looking to buy things all the time. I find that minimalism has helped me to prioritize what truly matters to me. What I find adds the most value to my life. What brings me the greatest joy. The experiences that alter my life for the better. That make my everyday better and better and better. And so in that sense, I'm very grateful to minimalism. But like I said, it's a constant battle and it's a, it's a journey. And I'm not perfect at it. If you came to my house and you saw, you know, the current situation of things, I doubt you would call me a minimalist. You'd be like, Marcela, this is still pretty cluttered, but you know what? I have two kids. And that is the status of life right now. That is the state of the union at the moment. <laughs> things are never going to be perfect. But if I weren't on this path of constantly trying to ask myself, what brings us joy? What adds value to our life? We'd have a whole lot more stuff in our house. We'd have given away less things to people who really need them. And also, we wouldn't have so much clarity and freedom. You know, we'd constantly be caring for our things. We have enough stuff to care about and maintain. Less stuff means more time spent together doing things that we really enjoy instead of taking care of stuff. So whether you're a shopaholic or kind of living your own flavor of minimalism, of which there are many, I really hope that this was helpful to you in kind of seeing that there are different ways to approach material goods, but not just material goods, everything. The question is, what adds the most value to your life and what detracts value from your life? The answer, only you know it. Minimalism has helped me answer that for my own life. And I hope that if you didn't know about minimalism before, and even if you did, this is an opportunity for you to ask yourself that question. What adds value to your life? What detracts value? And then consider what you can do to add more of the good stuff, less of the bad stuff. So again, I apologize that this episode is a week late, but thank you for understanding. I'm finally feeling better. I'm still a little out of breath. I had to pause this recording like a hundred million times to catch my breath, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there and I'm glad to be back. I miss you guys. I miss all the messages that I receive every time I put out a new episode and it feels good to be back. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for your understanding. I hope you enjoyed this episode on minimalism and I will be back in a few days with this week's regularly scheduled episode. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And thank you always to Mario Callejas for the music for the show and to Tate Callejas for the voiceover. You are the best, Tate, for my intro. 
I love you guys. As always, if you want links to everything I mentioned here, like the books I mentioned, the documentary on the minimalists and all that kind of stuff and more resources on minimalism, go to kinpodcast.com slash 28 and I will include all the information. I'm out of breath again. So I'm going to go kinpodcast.com slash 28 for more information. You're the best. Talk to you in a few days. This is Marcela, your host, signing out.